Welcome to WP Tonic, episode 115. Today we're talking page builders, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And our panel today, uh, we have my co-host, Jonathan Denwood, Kim Schivler, Sally Getch, and a little bit later, uh, we'll be having uh, Bridget Willard. Uh, Sally, do you want to introduce yourself? I think I need to. Re- I think Sally's Sally can't hear us. It no. says she's okay, got it. Kim, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure, I'll introduce myself. I'm Kim Schivler. I teach people how to build WordPress websites, online courses, memberships, and now going into fully how to take that into a full platform. All right, awesome. Okay, uh, while we wait for Sally, uh, Jonathan, introduce yourself. Hi there, folks. I'm the founder of WP Tonic, which is a maintenance WordPress support company. We do um, small fixes at a fixed monthly fee, and we keep your site lovely and secure, up to date, so you can concentrate on making money. Great. And I'm John Locke. I run a small WordPress consultancy in Sacramento, California called Lockdown Design. Uh, so before we get into the main topic today, we have a couple news items. Uh, first up, we're talking uh, you, a news story on WP Tavern. Users of the post-to-post plugin left searching for an alternative. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Kim? It For me, what it really... It, my thoughts have nothing to do with this specific issue. It just reminds me of how delicate it is when any of us developing our own sites or another site go out and pick a plugin. Because, the, you know, it's kind of up in the air as to we're dependent on them for support unless we are our own plugin development shop. That was kind of my overall. It, you know, take on it was I, I have not worked with this plugin, so it wasn't a specific for me, but it was gosh, it's just how vulnerable we are when we go out and we pick plugins, we recommend plugins, we teach plugins who we who we're depending on. Uh, yeah, and me and Sally were talking about this off camera uh, for a second, and she's saying there is there all are alternatives to this particular plugin. Out of it is, like you said, when you're using a free plugin from the repo, it's very tenuous uh, because this plugin hasn't been actively developed for a while. And a lot of developers have said, like, hey, I'll fork that, I'll, you know, pick it up. But, you know, so far nobody has. Uh, Sally, can you can you hear us now? Yeah, I don't know whether it's it's my uh, my headset or uh, the fire talk or or what exactly. Um, there don't doesn't seem to be any place to adjust your settings for your. Yeah, it, your, your sound is a bit low. Um, yeah, there's a there's a um, obviously the viewers are going to hear this, but we're using a new platform, folks, called Fire Talk which hopefully you're going to join us. And it there's a kind of orange camera icon right in the top of your um, address bar, Sally, right on the left. Gray icon, but yes, it's there. And, uh, yeah, you need to choose your headset, your audio, and your camera's fine, but I think you need to set your headset. I did reset my headset. Right, yeah. I will go forth then. Let's see if Sally can sort her sound problems. Um, 
Well, it was Eden Tavern, wasn't it? So I looked at it, and I had used that plug-in before. And in a way, it's a kind of strange choice of Tavern, because it's one of their lead stories. But it is August, so it's a bit of a quiet month for the news, isn't it? Um, but the, what I got from it, John, was, you know, like what you said, <clears throat> it's always a kind of balance when not using a Premier f- plug-in. If you're going to use it for something... Now, if it's providing, I was going to I was going to use the term minor functionality, but if it's using functionality, which if it does fail, you can either code in yourself or, or there's some other plugins. But I I really wouldn't want to use a non-premier plugin for something that was fundamental in the functionality of the website. But I don't know if you feel the same, John. Um, Yoast SEO. Yeah. yeah that's true that's true but they have yeah. like a premium model with yoast too i think it's not so much whether the plugin itself is free as whether the developer has some means of of ensuring that they're able to go on supporting it so a, a company like yoast that makes a decent amount of money from other wordpress related uh, items can afford to maintain um uh, yoast seo and update it every other day um uh, Whereas, uh, you know, somebody who created a, uh, you know, created something because they needed it while they were in college and then they go off and get a day job and they're doing something else and they, and they can't handle the, the support and update load. Bridget Willard in the chat room says, I think the freemium model helps fund the support for the free and premium aspects and continual development costs. And, and I think that... The successful free plugins that you see in the repo that that have like a million users, they usually have some sort of freemium model that helps them uh, offset the costs of of you know keeping those plugins up to date. Right. I think the key with that with the freemium is the premium piece of it has to be a strong enough draw for people to want to pay for it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's one that I use. For example, I use. Um, Updraft Plus for certain business uh, for certain backups, and their premium actually allows me to migrate sites much easier and backup to multiple remote locations. So it makes it very worth that extra little amount that I would pay th- through the year. I have seen some freemiums. You look at them, and then you're looking at the premium, and you're thinking, "Do I really need that?" And then how is that going to help that developer succeed? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think there's a lot of like free plugins out there that have like a premium upgrade. And sometimes it's just the sometimes with the the premium upgrade, you get a little bit more functionality, not a ton. But sometimes it's just kind of the right thing to do to to kind of give back and, you know, help support that plugin and make sure that it's going to stay around in the future. So... Uh, I agree with that, but you and I are preaching to the choir. I think because we're developers, we're people who would, you know, even though I don't use Paid Memberships Pro as much anymore, I still pay for that because I want to support them. But I'm not sure that that's the standard WordPress entrepreneur building their own site kind of mentality. And that's a lot of the people in here grabbing these plugins. Yeah, they're, um, it's been an ongoing debate how this should all be... Um, dealt with really hasn't it and um, I don't think any conclusions any real 
conclusions have um I'm looking for the right word, you know, a real, you know, solution to this problem. I don't even know one is possible, really. Um, maybe, the only thing that comes to mind, maybe if, you know, you have these Google summer schools of code, don't you, where um, where you get sponsorship and Google sponsors interns and people and they can um, like have four weeks where they go together and they code things up maybe that i'm not sure what do you reckon uh my biggest takeaway is i think we take it for granted a lot that that there's free plugins that they're in the wordpress repo and that they're always going to be there (laughs) and i think you know and and we understand that as developers but i think that you know maybe just building a do-it-yourself sites need to realize that there's a lot of work that goes into maintaining like even like simple plugins and, and, you know, all that, you know, hours comes from somewhere. So, you know, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's true. I mean, one of the things that's, that's a little different about the post to post plugin is this was a plugin for developers. It, it wouldn't do you a darn bit of good unless you could write the code to, to then put the, put the stuff in your theme. Uh, so presumably the people who used it understand a little bit about how that works. Uh, yeah, definitely. Do you want to introduce yourself, Sally, since you didn't get a chance? Uh, yes, uh, my name is Sally Getch, and I'm having technical problems. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yes, when I'm not arguing with uh, uh, with video, I'm arguing with code. Uh, and you can find me over at wbfangirl.com. Great. So let's move on to second subject uh, or a second news topic. Poodle Page Builder sold nine thousand. It was over nine thousand dollars worth of licenses in its first month. So uh, obviously, Page Builders, uh, there's still a place to enter that market. What are your thoughts on this, Sally? I it, yeah, well, I I think it looks pretty, and and you know the the article was kind of breaking down uh, how they did it, and it's it's rather a, a promo for for Freemius as a, a you know a tool for selling your plugins through. Um, but yeah, I think page builders will continue to get more popular. I, I hope they continue to also move through a, a means of actually integrating your content properly. Uh, and go ahead, Jonathan. Yeah, well, you know, um, it. I looked at the video. I haven't used it in anger myself, but, you know, like what Jackie said last week, you know about the the standard editor in WordPress, which is difficult f- for users to use because it misleads, doesn't it? About um, layout, and this is a front end, and we're going to be discussing other ones as the main topic. Um, so it did, you know, its front end. It looked by the video pretty slick um obviously you got to look at the code that it leaves behind is it as kind of friendly as beaver builder um i don't know um and the you know, the article was a kind of promo but it did have some interesting bits you know uh, you know i think the interesting bit is that they they had a large audience because they had been very active in the woocommerce 
plug-in arena for a number of years as well and had, had built up a following in that. So I think one of the key things, if you feel, if you haven't got a history and you're just going to build a plug-in and it's just going to take off, it probably ain't going to happen, is it? No, I, I think this is the the case with any, any kind of a product or, or service or, or company. If you don't already have a network of people you can market to, it's going to be a lot slower to get off the ground. Yeah, tell me. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, and I think that's it. That's something we were talking about like uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I, th- I think some other people have been writing about that as well, that to really, you know, market a product in the in the WordPress arena or any arena, um, it helps to have some equity built up in that community and be likable. Kim, what are what are your thoughts on uh, on this article? I I thought the exact same thing. It was obvious to me why they could do it because they have already got a very strong audience in that WooCommerce arena. And even if you look at how they're pitching the page builder, they're still talking about WooCommerce as they weave it through there. So they're playing to that audience. And it, yeah, in anything, it's about building your audience first. It doesn't mean you're going to just pop up a plugin or as Sally said, any other product online or offline and make these kind of sales. It's about building your audience and having that audience that will buy from you that right the thousand true fans and then now when you go to launch something you can have a beautiful really successful launch yeah definitely and the other thing that i took away from this article is they were talking extensively about how they were using email marketing and and how they really put the pedal to the metal when it came to to marketing and i think there's a lot of people think not only in in marketing plugins but just anything at all a lot of people think it's field of dreams and you just build it and people will come and that that's not the case no so not at all you know, right you, know, you it's a really in a very you know there's so many plugins i, I think but i say that you know uh, like if you take the caching plugins I think a good strategy, but you still, you know, it's still going to take a ton of hard work. Um, it's like, you know, there was a couple really popular caching plugins that weren't the easiest to set up, and then you had a couple commercial plugins that have managed to get a big user base quite rapidly because they provided a much easier interface and they work really well. And they kind of captured the audience that had been built by a couple of really popular free caching plugins. So you see that happening quite a bit where people look at a, a freebie that has some weaknesses and they build a better mousetrap and they, they do it on the premier level, don't they? Yeah, that's true. I mean, and a lot of it is, is just looking what's out there and, you know, going one step further. Uh, like we were talking about the other day, you know, WP Rocket, that's, you know, an example. They're looking at stuff like Super Cash and W3 Total Cash. And, uh, you know, they just took it one step further and they were doing really well. So uh, let's move on to the last news topic. And this is from Syed Balki of WP Beginner and Optin Monster fame. And he is talking about selling the shovel versus mining the gold. <laughs> Sally. That sounds what? like it should be a topic for uh, WordCamp Sacramento. 
Oh, that would oh, be it. Yeah, yeah maybe. Sure. given the theme. Are you? Are you? Oh, that's a good point. What are your thoughts on this article? Um, so I think you know he's he's making a, a fairly um, obvious uh, point about uh, you know if you want to learn how to be an expert, make sure that you find somebody who really is an expert to learn it from. Uh, you know the downside is they may not have a lot of time to spare you, but many of them are are willing to spare you at least a little time and and uh, help you because you know there are a lot of people out there. Uh, trying to, you know, off, making making exaggerated offers of, you know, what you will get if you take their coaching or their course or their whatever, and and you know they may have actually no standing in the action in the area that they're claiming to teach you about. Kim, what what do you think about this? I completely agree. I also think, and it makes it a little tougher. I think you, when you're selecting someone to work with, have to understand your requirements and make sure that that coach is fitting that because, like, for example, with us with technology, right? If I'm a business owner and I'm looking for a strategy, hiring the absolute expert on just the tech side may not actually give me what I need. Because there's, right, there's some engineers that are awesome at what they do, but then say, how is this going to apply to my business to make me money? They have no idea. Right. So it, it, you have to be very clear about what you want to learn before you try to find the person to learn it from. Mm-hmm. Excellent Absolutely. point. Jonathan, what were your thoughts on this article? Well, first thing, you, you know, is that really you should tell the viewers about Sacramento WordCamp after <laughs> I have my little say, John. And, I will. Uh, and, I'll get uh, to it. Don't worry. Yeah. And um, secondly, yeah, yeah, I think you had some good points. I think it's really harder because what, what you know, I totally agree. What Sally said, you know, you know, he points out. Um, I forgot the name of the service where you pay for every minute. Uh, Clarity. Clarity. You know, but that that can become very, very expensive if you're long-winded like me. Uh, yes. uh, uh, <laughs> I, I think uh, Chris Lemma is available on Clarity FM. Yeah. You know. There's a lot of people available. Uh, There's a lot of people available. Right. But, you know, the thing is, the high cost makes you really condense what you're going to say and, and not waste somebody's time. Yeah. Uh, um, um, I, I just think the, whole, I think the point, there is a lot of kind of snake oil merchants online, you know, but normally you can tell because they normally, you know, buy my course and you will become, you know, you'll be able to make $5,000 straight away or, you know, you will become an online marketing genius in seven weeks or... Yes, I'm actually kind of reminded about the, you know, the the flyers that I used to see posted around campus when I was an undergrad that were like, you know, make money stuffing envelopes, that, you know, for these basically crazy MLM schemes. I actually did that once because I did a, I was writing an article for the school newspaper. So I got to spend all that, you know, just send $15 and learn the thing. And of course, it was all scams. But it was fun because I got to do it while I was writing this article. Um, but I wanted to add on to, to Jonathan with the, you know, build the online course because I teach people to build online courses every day. I'm hearing, you know, just build an online course and you're going to make $30,000 next weekend. Yeah, just build a course. Yeah, like it's that easy. Yeah. To, and I'm having to design a good course. Right. And I'm having to work with my clients going, it's not that easy. And even if it is a great course, again, if you don't have that audience or some level of promotion, 
you're still not going to make that money next weekend. And, you know, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but that's my job right now. Yeah. No, but, you know, there's a lot of parts in a membership site, isn't it? You know, building audience, the actual course, the mechanics of running it, and then the online marketing. Talk about having, like, ten different balls in the air and having to juggle them. You know. Well, this is this is why some people prefer to you know sell their courses through something like Udemy or or one of these other services where there's kind of a built-in group of people already looking for courses on things because yeah. it, it cuts down their marketing. Well, I think it's great as a test or to test your idea out and you know and build some materials and then at the right stage you go to Kim and she she shows you yeah. how to do it right. So yeah. uh, there we go. Definitely, like the now you can definitely put your like course on something like Skillshare or Udemy, but here's the problem with that you don't control their their platform and they can run like specials, like and, and you have no control over that, so your profit margin just goes, yeah. Well, that's this is always the, the problem, there's a trade off in, in any kind of hosted uh, uh service because you don't own it and you don't control it and you know you're you're trading off the access to the market you know just like you know i've heard pippin williamson talk about how he he sold his first couple of plugins on code canyon and he said you know i was unknown and it gave me access to the market right eventually he moved everything over to his his own platform for for selling it right and, the, right. and at least with it, Part of the thing, though, on the online courses is at least with Code Canyon and those, you still have some price setting. More and more people I see ditching the Udemy platform because they've now limited it to where I think the most you can charge for a class is ten or twenty dollars. It's not like you can do a you know there used to be people with two, three, four hundred dollar classes, and they would say the issue was you know you were put up next to someone with a twenty dollar class, but you still had the option. Now they've taken over so much that. They've limited what you can charge. And then exactly like John said, they go out to their whole groups of people and say, you can take all of this for free. And when you hear someone who says they have like X amount of students on Udemy, all those free students count too. So you don't really know what they're making off of it. That's what I've heard from the people who really were right making money off of Udemy before. Right. And those people are going to move to another platform, but there are a lot of them. Uh, And, you know, I think it it may make sense to start in a place like that, build up something of an audience and um, uh, then, you know, move to doing it on your own. I used to to teach introductory WordPress for Media Bistro and um, it was not a lot of money relative to the amount of of work that was was put in. And it occurred to me, you know, once I met and connected with some of these uh, students that, you know, maybe I would want to offer something on my own uh, later than that. It's, it's on that long list of things I've never gotten around to doing. Um, but, you know, I still get work from some of those students. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I also think, like, example, um, in the next couple of weeks on WP Tonic, uh, Megan Adams is going to be joining us. She's the lead instructor on Linda.com in social media, in Facebook. Um, and paid Facebook advertisement. So, um, Megan, you know, she's done a number of Linda.com videos. She's quite prolific 
in the amount of articles she's written and she laughs at my jokes so she's kind of um, <laughs> hit all the qualifications that you need to come on WP Tonic um, but uh, I, I think that's the kind of assessment you probably should make of somebody that you, you, who, who but like what Sally said a lot of the people that you, you want a discussion with they're normally too busy um, to spend a lot of time with you, and so you got you got to be very. It's best to have very specific questions, isn't it, about a specific thing, because they're not going to be able to spend. Because there's a difference between some coaching and becoming a real mentor. You know that is quite a. Um, you're taking on quite a responsibility, you know. But then you got membership mentorship groups, haven't you? Um, I've never joined one of these kind of face, these type of. Um, I forgot what the term they use. Um, uh, are you thinking of mastermind? Masterminds. I've never yeah. joined these very pricey mastermind groups. I've I've known a f- few people, and some have said they've got a lot out of it, but um, I haven't. Um, so I don't really know about masterminds. What do you reckon, Kim? Have you ever joined any? pretty pricey mastermind groups mm, my masterminds have not been overly pricey i've i've been in masterminds on and off for years they have not been overly pricey i've done some very pricey coaching and training programs but my masterminds have been much more uh reasonably priced and i've gotten great things out of certain ones and nothing out of the others a lot depends on you really having a group that uh is committed to the mastermind and showing up and participating with each other. Because uh, what you get a lot of times is, you know, people show up when they need help, but they're not really staying involved. I think that's a great point. And I think when you're talking about, like, the, the higher level masterminds, you're talking about having people that, first of all, as Syed Belki said in this article, they've done several, you know, enterprises before, and they've been successful at them. They're not just teaching you, uh, you know, how to be successful by teaching other people how to be successful type of life coach, you know, kind of, you know, type of deals. Uh, The successful masterminds are, you know, with people who can teach you how to get to where you haven't been. And they're committed to the other people in the group. And that's, you know, I would hope that like any mastermind that's charging you a ton of money everybody's committed to helping one another. But, but I think, you know, for those type of ones, they're not just going to take, you know, anyone. They're going to want other people who are at the same level. So as an alternative, if, you know, there's a mastermind or a group or something that you want to join, but you just can't do it at this point, I would say find one that's closer to a level that you can join uh, with other people who are, you know, maybe a step ahead of you and maybe some people who are a step behind you that way you can help others and you can be helped by the people, you know, as well, because that's really what it's about. You're investing in each other. Um, you know, and lastly, I want to say, just close like this new story. Sad Belki, you know, he's, he's saying, basically he's saying, look at like the past history of, of these people, you know, are they actually, have they mined the gold? Have they actually been down in there, like building businesses like over and over and he cites some really good examples of, of people that we would know, you know, in our community. Um, but there's, you know, other communities where there's people that just sell coaching 
they're just, I'm going to teach you how to do this. And, you know, maybe there's some nuggets of, of gold in there. But if you look at their past history, maybe they don't have the history of building businesses and, and you know. And, and so maybe they talk really well. Maybe they pose with their Lamborghini. Maybe they got their library be, behind them. But, uh, you know... Uh, maybe they, as Gary Vaynerchuk would say, they rent, they get a buddy to take a hundred thousand in cash and, and put it on the bed, uh, you know, and pose with it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be able to help you They're you know, so it's just doing your due diligence. There's yeah. also a difference just to wrap that up. There's also a difference between having done it and having, and being able to coach too. There oh, yeah. are people who are very, very good at executing but then their coaching is just like, well, you just go do it. Uh, yeah, some, some, some people are, first of all, they don't think about how they do what they do because it's become unconscious for, through a lot of practice. And second, uh, some people do not have the patience to teach and to, you know, to, to, to be with people through their process of, of struggling to, to figure it out. Uh, you know, my husband is, is like this. You know, if he shows it to you once very rapidly, you're supposed to get it. Yep. Okay. Well, we are going to go to our break and we'll be back with our main topic after the break, talking about page builders. Buying or selling a home in the greater Reno Tahoe area? I know the best CRS real estate broker and that's Karen Conrad. And you can find her at karenconrad.com or call directly at 775-527-7021. Hey, Bridget. How are you? That's great. Awesome. Do you, do you want to introduce yourself, Bridget, to the audience for anyone who doesn't know you? <laughs> I am Bridget Willard. I'm the marketing manager for WordPress Development Shop in San Diego, known for Give, an online donation plugin. You can, Very nice. You can name it, actually, Bridget. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so impressed. long. It's such a long intro. I mean, what do you need to yeah, know? No, that's pretty short. Yeah. <laughs> Named WordPress, makers of the most robust online donation plugin called Give. You can find more about Give at GiveWP.com. Yes, you sound like a marketing manager. There you go. Nice. I thought we'd be more casual today. It's Saturday morning, people. <laughs> right? Thanks. Okay. Yes. It's, it's Saturday. I went to bed after one and got up before six morning. Woo! Right on. Yeah, working, okay. not partying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, our main topic today, episode 115, we're talking about WordPress page builders. We're talking about the good, the bad, the ugly, the 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 stupendous and the horrendous. Uh, so, let, you know, let's start off the discussion. Like, Bridget, you, you know, uh, what, what's your experience with page builders? Uh, what different ones have you used and what's been your experience? Well, I would never call myself a developer, uh, but I spent a lot of time in the dashboard. And I use Beaver Builder at work sometimes because we do some client work. And I bought it for myself to celebrate my one year of being self-hosted on BridgetWiller.com. I really like Beaver Builder. But then I met Robbie on WP Blab, so I felt like, hey, that's a nice guy. Everybody says it's cool because it doesn't use short codes, which seems like a bad thing. I don't know. <laughs> I'll just try it. It was easy for me as a beginner. 
to get it to look the way I wanted it. And that's, to me, that's worth $100. Yeah. And and I, that is exactly why page builders keep selling is that, you know, they all promise to make that easy. And some of them make it easier than others. And I'm not widely experienced uh, with them. Um, but, uh, you know, I tried Beaver Builder because they were sponsoring one of our uh, meetups and it seemed like I, I really ought to have used it first. Uh, and it was very easy to, I, I had the version with their theme as well as their plugin. It was very easy to, you know, start from from something kind of pre-existing and put together the, the page I was um, uh, trying to put in. And, and the thing that I, you know, that I like and that many people in the community have commented on is if you deactivate it, it does not leave a mess of short codes in your editor. Right. It puts your content there. It, the, it doesn't have the layout and, and the formatting, but it is not lost forever. Right. Uh, J- Jason Tucker in the chat room is saying, the amount of add-ons made available on Beaver Builder is awesome, and the marketplace for those add-ons is getting bigger and bigger. And I think that's a really, you know, kind of a that is a big part of of making like a plugin or like a feature like popular is you know how much of the secondary um, you know market uh, is there for it. Right, right. And they're willing to invest their product into another person's product. I mean, it's more than forking. It's literally dependent upon that other one working. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's, I mean, you know, it shows that it's pretty popular with developers if they're out there developing extensions for it. Uh, And it does mean there will be a lot of of things that you can do. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, there there are an awful lot of of, uh, page builders to, uh, to choose from. I think most people have had to wrestle with Visual Composer once or twice. It gets bundled unfortunately, with a lot of the theme forest themes. Uh, I say unfortunately, not just because I'm not that fond of Visual Composer, but because bundling plugins with themes is a huge security risk and a general pain in the ass. Well, that's the kind of list I put in because it does cause a lot of confusion to the non-person part of the WordPress community because you've got plugins, you've got actual themes that provide editing and then you've got hybrids that are kind of plug-in themes, aren't they? So that's a bit confusing for the person that's not really into WordPress all the time, isn't it? Um so I'll probably, um, I provided a list. Um, I'll start off with one I've used. Well, I've, I've put it on to client websites because, and that's Site Origin. Um, it's not as sophisticated as Beaver Build, but it doesn't attempt to be. And I think it what it does attempt, it does it in a quite honest way. And it's more of a kind of widgetized system and um and it's free and i have put it on client sites and given the client some training and they've been reasonably happy with it but i don't know if any of the other panel have ever used it uh many years ago i looked at the site origin page builder briefly uh and at the themify page builder um and it was sort of like, well, that's kind of interesting, but I never pursued it. And at the time, at least, the, the site origin builder only worked with the site origin themes. Um, 
And likewise, the, the Themify Builder only worked with the Themify themes. And I think they've extended those now. Um, you know, I mean, the DV Builder was part of the DV theme, and now you can buy it as a, a plugin to use elsewhere. Um, and uh, so I think that's, you know, pretty, uh, pretty important if you are creating one of these and, and you want it to uh, succeed is, is to set it up so that it can be used with any theme, even if you have themes that you, that you custom build with it. Uh, Kim Schiller and Daphne Backman in the chat room both say that they've used Site Origin before. So uh, go ahead and put that in the chat with your experiences were okay kim says i found problems if using other advanced platform plugins like bb press so yeah these were when i've used it with clients it it's a freebie for you know you, you can pay for support but they just wanted a freebie and i agree with kim when i was you when when we have used it with client sites it, it I wouldn't throw it into something that's like BB Press or you've got WooCommerce without testing it a lot. Um, but if it's just a bog standard and you're you're on the verge of just building out, maybe give it a go. But be aware. But I just like the developers, the South African. I've got the gentleman's name though. But and they've been they've been building it out for a few years now, so I think it's got credibility and it doesn't pretend to be what it isn't. And he and there's good reasonable support even on the free one um, to some levels. So I thought I'd mention it. Yeah. So anyway, in the chat room, Jason Tucker says Divi is on the rise, and that's an <laughs> understatement. Uh, Kim says Kim Schiller says I also use Divi. I find when teaching my very basic students, Divi as a theme and builder allows me to give them what they need without programming. Uh, and Kim also says, when I consult with new developers, I try to get them into something without short codes. Bridget, what is your experience with Divi? Well, I don't have experience, but, you know, so we're, we're working with nonprofits. So we're trying to help them collect donations. Nonprofits are a lot um, on really shoestring budgets, whether they should be or not whether they can afford or can't afford to pay between $25 and $12,000 for a website build. I mean, the yeah. lore of WordPress, I think we forget sometimes, is that it's easy. I, I so, am easy. continually reminded that, that yes. It, <laughs> so whatever, whatever is faster, whether it's best practices or not, sometimes is what's easier. And we ran across... Um, a website for Tennessee justice for our neighbors. And these guys are just board members. They just wanted to do it because they knew they needed online donations, but they didn't have it in their budget to build their own, to have somebody build their a site. So they did it with Divi. I mean, I, I don't use it. I, all I hear is people saying not to use it. So obviously I'm never going to use it, but it worked for them. And they're moving on. Like, they're not going to keep changing their website. It's just going to be no. there and collect donations, and they're moving on with their life. They're a bunch of lawyers. They're, they're just doing that, right? They're doing their lawyer thing, helping with immigration issues, and that's it. They don't care. Yeah. Sally. <laughs> I was going to say something. Yeah. Oh, well, no, jump well, in. Div yeah, go ahead, John. <laughs> well, Divi's like that sexy girlfriend that you know you shouldn't go <laughs> oh out with, God. isn't it? 
it's like you know, you know. I just hate. Rocks it. I, I just hate. I just hate it. I just, I just despise oh, Divi. Yeah. You know? And I, um, I don't despise theme elegant themes because let's face it, they've got a ton of fantastic information, and that's how they built up their business. And they got. Uh, yeah, but have have you noticed that their blog has become the all Divi all the time show? I unsubscribed yes. recently oh, to the oh. to the newsletter because yeah, I'm well, not using Divi and I don't care. I was being uh, diplomatic there, actually, Sally. I was attempting, even though. Uh, right, I, I, but, I, uh, <laughs> but I just, you know, it, you know, because we have a. Well, it's good business. It's good business for WP Tonic because I have a, quite a few people that get to a certain level and then it just implodes with Divi. And then, but um, I, I've got a couple of developers on retainers. Me personally, I don't have to deal with their crap code. I just palm it off to some poor soul that works for me, and we sort it. Yeah, out you still it. have to project manage. Yeah, I still have the product manager, but I just think I'm thankful because I have had to work with their code previously and it hasn't been the greatest of experience yeah, yeah i i haven't looked at the code or, or really had time to uh, to play with it uh you know there are some people who more or less specialize in building divi sites for others and they make some nice looking sites and they may be just uh, fine uh for the purposes they're 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 being used for you know it's just that these things do have some pitfall and carry some overhead and um it's also as uh, as Daphne said, they're not necessarily that e- easy. They 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 mean you don't have to write code, but they still can have a lot of options and things that you need to learn how to do and and so on and 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 so forth. Uh, you know, if it comes with a, a bunch of kind of pre-made layouts, that might be a, an easier place to. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, to build things, Jason Tucker is just saying headway drives me to drink, and and our our former. Uh, do you need to be driven to drink, Jason? To, can you I thought he was on it already. I thought he was on uh, the old spirit already. You after uh, time, but, I thought, you know. You know, our our former panel member uh, Adam Silver is a headway specialist. That's yep. what he builds with all the time. He uh, loves headway. He loves his headway. So, what's your guys' experience with Headway? I've I've never used it, so I I bought it and tried it uh, mostly because we were talking about page builders at the, the at the meetup, and was sort of like, well, this is an intriguing concept, but it's actually you know figuring out how to how to make it really work mm-hmm. is um is again not that that easy. Yes, this is BC. And she is all over me whenever I'm on the phone or uh, on the on the video. Yeah. yeah, but you know, headway. You know, I just wouldn't be mean just to um, elegant theme. You know, um, we got some clients that use headway. You know, and it's a kind of sim. To me, it's just it's just a kind of bridge too far, really. But I I know why they use Divi. And um, me and John during the week had a bit of a chat, and um, because they're actual, they've got a library of themes which they you can bun Divi on it. I think, can't you? And, yeah, they're 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 pretty much marketing just Divi now. I mean, because that's their cash cow. But they're the just, themes, but the uh, themes, they've got quite. They they look pretty, and you, know, you can bun Divi on, and off you go, can't you? You know, down into that Warren hole you go, you know. But- doesn't Divi have its own page builder plugin now? Yeah, yes. that's that's, yeah. that's what uh, uh, yeah. 
Jonathan is, is saying that they've they've separated it and created a plugin that you can. Use uh, I will just read Jason Tucker's uh, chat. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's a kind of hybrid there because I I'm not actively involved in using it. I'm not sure where that boundary is. Where they're, but the same you could say the same thing with Beaver Builder, but it seems more cleaner with where that boundary is. When you go to, uh, I have used Beaver Builder, and with that separation of, because um, there's there's a level where you really need a theme that's been built to use the plugin, maybe. But they got they got a nice, clean, or they've seemed to have managed that separation where. It will do so much with just the plug-in. And then if you need... But if you need these, we've got these themes as well. Um, it just seems... Right. Be Beaver Builder's themes are basically, you know, if, if you want any of their pre-made designs, you have to yeah. use them. You have to use their themes. But if you already have a sense of how to use a page builder, you can put it into any theme. I know quite a few people do use Beaver Builder with Genesis. Um with good effect, uh, what I've read and seen, it works pretty well, doesn't it, Sally? Yeah. It seems to. I, as I said, I, I only worked with it a little bit, but there are a lot of very strong advocates. Oh, God, don't talk to me about dynamic. Well, oh, he's trying to poison this chat room. Yeah. <laughs> he's bringing up some really crappy air, isn't he? Well, right. oh, hey, we need, we need that kind of a call. <laughs> so we use Beaver Builder on client sites when that when the client wants to change something after we already build it using advanced custom fields and stuff like that, you know? So it works with just the theme you built from scratch too. That's the thing. I actually just started maintaining a site for a, a client I just took on and their site was built in Beaver Builder. And I have to say, I'm really, uh, of all the page builders that I have used, I like that one the best. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I, I think, um, but I was being nasty dime. It's just, it, because I've interviewed the developer, he came on and he's a really great guy. Um, and it's a great story of success, but it, you know, it comes with this in, interface and it comes, it comes with a plugin and a theme as well. And I haven't, I haven't used it that much, luckily. Um, <laughs> um, but some the people that are part of that community they just they just love it and they're really very um, pro it. So I don't know what to say. Really, am I just blabbing now, John? So I've, I'll ask you a question. It seems to me that the big problem with page builders is when you want to change your theme. Is that accurate? Yes. It's when you want to change your theme, certainly if they're built into a theme, that's, that's the problem with anything built into a theme is if you change the theme, it goes away. Um, but, uh, you know, the other thing with a, with a page builder plugin is, you know, suppose you were getting a total redesign and weren't going to be using the page builder plugin again. If you turn it off, most of the, most of them just leave this mess of shortcodes. There's no way to access the content that you had on those pages. Yeah, the other the other thing, Bridget, is is but I'm not sure it was Sally or John that hinted this. Is when you oh it was Kim actually that hinted this. It, you can get you start building it and then you say oh I want to add the WooCommerce functionality. So you slap the WooCommerce plugin on, and then you get you get plugin conflict, major plug, and then somebody has to go in and sort it out because. They don't want to get rid of the page building plugin because the whole lot, 
Now they've got about 30 pages all laid out in it. But they also mm-hmm. they need, also need to get the WooCommerce functionality working. So that's when we get called in to sort out the crap. Uh, um, that's where you start getting in problems. But that, you know, it's plug-in conflict and you built the whole thing and blah, blah, blah. So, Jason is. I am almost tempted to let just Jason jump in here. But, I know. Yeah, how, many, how many people can we have talking at the same time? Four, four, I will leave. Uh, I, I, can, I can step out for a minute, and you can uh, you can bring Jason on. Because I know we are seriously drooling over this as a replacement for for your blab. So. Oh, cool. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, oh, Jason says I'm watching the Olympics. Okay, fine. Well, well, I'm 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 gonna just recap some stuff from the uh, chat room really quick, and and maybe we'll uh, move on to uh, like one other thing here. Um, Kim Kim said, so um, d- we were talking about like the big thing with page builders is a lot of them use shortcodes to build the page, and that was the downfall with Divi and Visual Composer. And what Kim said in the chat room is that might be why Elegant Themes built the plugin for Divi because you can keep the layout and change the theme and you're not stuck with that short code barf that like, you know, uh, leaves your like page destroyed. Yeah, but I think the other fact, it's really, um, it's really easy to be unfair, but like, like Elegant Themes, the, the basic scenario, and I might be wrong here, is that it's it their model really bought them a lot of success you know you had over 90 themes at a set price you bought one purchase price and you had access for life these yep. 80 to 90 themes i think i'm correct in this i'll probably hopefully if you if you can assume me elegant it was theme. i think it was annual that you it's paid, annual. but it was still a very reasonable amount it was a very good deal wasn't it but there, there's what, a lifetime manner like annual yeah but what wasn't spelled out, and I'm pretty sure I'm correct in this, they didn't design all those themes. They all came from different third parties, and they were bundled. And because I've looked at the code of various of their older themes, and they're all done differently. What they did was they bundled into the theme a kind of control panel. Uh, yeah, that was a real nuisance. And that was a really dog's breath. I wasn't that when I've dealt with it. I've never been that happy. And um, and I came to the conclusion they're all knocked out by different third party developers because I never found one that was coded the same. That the sounds like the mortgage crisis where they're bundling the home loans together. <laughs> um, but that was that's been my experience <laughs> with them. But as as they built Devi out, I think their newer themes and um, and they, I think they've expressed this on their blog and on their website that they've been dropping older themes and they've been modernizing. Well, they had they had a bunch more. of them that weren't responsive, and, and at yeah. this point, there's, there's no point keeping those around. So what I'm saying might be outdated because things move on, don't they? But that was my experience where I was I had a, a few that I was supporting. Um, that were using those themes. I found the actual coding standards all over the place. Um, but that's just my experience with it. I'll say this, like with Elegant Themes, I do have some like early sites. I've probably got like about four or five sites that were built like with Elegant Themes. Not that I'm building anything new like with Elegant Themes. But uh, honestly, I'm not seeing like a lot of, like when they do update, there's not a lot of updates going on. I mean, it's... It's not really anything new. They're really just pushing Divi. That's it. 
Um, uh, let's uh, do. We got to go to a break, Jonathan. Um, yep, let's go for a break, folks. Okay, and um, we'll be back in a minute. Want to turn your WordPress website into an online speed machine? Go on over to WP Tonic. They'll set up DigitalOcean websites hosting on solid state drives. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for WP Tonic's maintenance packages. WP Tonic offers some of the very best WordPress maintenance packages on the market. So those who are serious about getting the very best platform for their WordPress sites, make sure you go on over to wp-tonic.com. All right. We're back from the break, and we're talking page builders, the good, the bad, the ugly, the horrendous, and the stupendous. And you can't have any conversation about page builders without talking about Visual Composer. Dun, dun, dun. Or as I like to call it, Visual Destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, for those who don't know, like if you buy something off a of theme forest, if you buy a theme chances are nine out of 10 that it's got visual composer bundled in it. Uh, so Bridget, what are your thoughts on visual composer? You use that much? I've never used it, but I've heard so much about it that I would never use it. Yeah. Like we have a lady that comes to our general meetup. She's been trying to unchain herself from visual composer for a few years. I mean, to me, the way people talk about it, it's like <laughs> rehab. Like it's really intense. You can't break yeah. the addiction. They wanted me to go, and I said no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Tucker says Visual Decomposer. I almost like that nickname better. Decomposing. Oh, he I said mean, it's I don't made to talk bad, but it's made a hurt. Oh, go for it. <laughs> Sally, what are, what are your thoughts All on right. Visual Composer? So I have uh, I have encountered Visual Composer a few times before, and never very happily. I mean, you know, there was a, a site I got called in on mm-hmm. by one of my former students, and uh, it was using some perfectly dreadful theme, uh, which had Visual Composer in it. I mean, it would have been fairly dreadful without that. But, um, uh, you know, my poor student had attempted, had spent, literally days trying to put together something in visual composer that took me about half an hour to do with code. Uh, yeah. So there are some things that it does not facilitate. Uh, and part of that was that you have to, uh, uh, you know, you have to set things up if you want to be able because visual composer does have a segment where you can pull in posts, you know, via whatever, but you first have to have, like set up your product categories or your post categories or, or whatever kind of taxonomy you need for it in order to, to be able to select the right things to display automatically. And that kind of thing is, is not necessarily easy for somebody to, to do, uh, you know, if the, either they don't write the code or then they, they, you know, they don't know how to write the code or then, you know, what kind of plugin are you going to install for creating custom post types and custom taxonomies? And is it going to get you in just as much trouble as Visual Composer does? Uh, and so, you know, but that's, that's the thing is it, it encourages, the thing about these plugins is that they encourage you not to think programmatically. Uh, you know, they they encourage you to go on doing things as, as if you were working in Microsoft Word and every single place that you wanted a thing to show up, you had to enter it again, which defeats the purpose of having a content management system. The idea of which is that you enter the stuff once and then you tell it to show up wherever you need it. Yep. 
Jonathan, what's your well, experiences? Well, I love them because they keep us busy. <laughs> Sorting out there, rubbish, is one of my main sources of income. Uh, <laughs> so I love them. Uh, so keep on rocking, folks. Uh, just shows you you can make a load of crap and still make tons of money, doesn't it? Um, all this business, it's got to be superb and... It's all a marketing gig, really, isn't it? Oh, well, I might have just been cynical. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think, I think Sally's onto something. It's just that they try and do too much in that plugin, and but even, even there, maybe I'm being charitable. Um, maybe it's just a dog. Maybe. It's, it's well, well, and maybe this is good, and 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 maybe I'm gonna lay out some things. And we we're talking like all this trash on Visual Composer, but maybe for the people at home that are like. Well, I use it and it's great. Yeah. Like, you know, I use it in Next Theme and Nevada and it's it's wonderful. Yeah. Well, I, let's just I'm going to I'm going to break down just some reasons why it it's probably not that good. It's obviously made for like do it yourselfers, but I think equally it's made for kind of um agencies that are just trying to like develop stuff like really quick without having to actually code up a site programmatically, like Sally said, which is but here's the thing. When you open the interface like Visual Composer, say you're going to like put something new on your page, it's like a menu of about like 500 things. You the, the, first, you have to pick like what type of thing you're trying to put on the page. It's overwhelming. I mean, like when we uh, and I maintain like a site for um, um, some people, um, and and they have a site on Visual Composer, and. Uh, it's just overwhelming to like have to uh, you know change anything. Then you got to like save the little thing, and uh, you know it's just a hassle when you could just go in and either you know build a, build a site, uh, you know using something like you know advanced custom fields or you know just using a child theme. It'd be much better. Um, the other thing, it uses short codes to build like every little part of the page, which is such a drain on your site's performance. And what I mean by that is your page speed goes way down. It has to like, you know, calculate like each of these short codes and then render the page. It takes a lot of processing time uh, when you could be doing it like much better. And lastly, Visual Composer is bundled in all these theme forest themes. It's heavily encouraged. That one in Revolution Slider. And what happens is you can't update that easily you have to update the whole theme and that means you have to have the license a lot of times people don't have the license to the original theme because somebody else built it for them and they didn't give them the license they you know so then you're having to buy either the theme or the plugins like separately and then update it separately is just a big hassle what are your thoughts jonathan well you just summed up the um, wonderful (laughs) world of of uh you just explained it perfectly, much better than I could, but it keeps me busy, so um, rock on, you know. Um, but I, I, to be serious, actually, I think, I think I'm in two camps here. Um, I agreed with what Jackie said last week. You know, the people that say, oh, you, there's certain groups when you mention, oh, we help people get a visual page builder into their website they look at us and well you know why don't you just code it well the reason is because the people want to lay out some basic stuff and the visual editor in wordpress is crap 
and it you know it needs to be improved big way um but nothing's happening um so you get some poor person that just wants to do basic changes to the inner page and lay out basic stuff and they have to waste gobs of time because the ed the editor in wordpress is a dog's breath yeah, I mean, uh, this, this uh, is a but on the other hand, on the other hand, um, something like what we just discussed, it tries, it tries to make out that you can do all this without any coding knowledge, any, and you end up like what John said, you know, short code hell, and it just kind <laughs> of ends up with a treacle of a website that takes about ten seconds to load any of the pages. So if you're lucky, I'm, if you're lucky, um, so I'm in between the middle. You know, there's a balance somewhere. Would Sandy agree? Yeah, I mean, there's you know, sort of somewhat separate, but occasionally combined with page builders. There's the issue of front end editors, and it would be nice if we had a, a decent front end editing experience for WordPress, and that's something that's gotten stalled out a number of times uh, in terms of of a thing to in, in implement in. Uh, core and uh, you know it, it's uh, uh, it, it's challenging because unless you as a developer create or whoever builds your theme creates an editor style sheet you don't even see the same fonts in, in the WordPress editor visual editor as you see on the front of your page you know or the same page with or the same so you have very little idea of what it's actually going to look like and, and that's a problem and you know, it is designed basically for writing sort of one block of, of text versus setting things up in, in different layouts. Um, and uh, it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a problem. So, yeah, I can see why page builders are popular. Uh, it, it just seems to be hard to find a way to build one that doesn't have all of these drawbacks. So... Could I just say the obvious, like WordPress is competing against Wix and Squarespace and all these other page builders. So the fact that remembering that we have an audience of, of non-programming users and that the mission of WordPress is to democratize publishing. So I think that a lot of people forget that content is the reason why sites exist. Yeah. And the main reason to have it is for the content. So how it's displayed, how you get there. I mean, some people would even argue that using a theme is cheating. Um, so I'm not sure that using a page builder is necessarily bad. But I think that sometimes you forget that there's a lot of us WordPress users who just want to write. Yeah, and, um, I'm, I'm not sure something like Visual Composer makes it easier to just write. Um, because you, or even, you know, I mean, the thing is that, you know, something like Wix is really meant, you know, not so that you can, like, keep writing out a endless blog. Yeah, yeah. You can put together your, right, and never touch it. No, but uh, content, you know, and, 
content marketing doesn't necessarily mean a blog. I mean, for the actual words on the page. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you sell usually, whatever you're selling. You just want to get it up, get it going, get people coming into your restaurant and move on with your life. Right. And, you know, I think effective content marketing tends to depend on ongoing production of content in some format. Uh, but, you know, if you want a, a brochure type site, you probably are better off going to Wix. It'll be fairly easy to put it together and you don't have to worry about whether you can export your content from it. If you've got thousands of articles of some kind, whether you, they're blog posts or anything else, you want to be able to, to move those around from from system to system over over time if, if you decide to change. Uh, I, I'm going through a hellish import of, of an HTML site where these people actually invented a tool because there had been a WordPress blog at one point separate from the main site. They decided to bundle it all together. They were managing it by, all right, making the marketing staff write it in markdown update it via github and then it got run through this generator to produce the html pages yeah i quit that job <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what marketing people say. that's what i'm trying to say like the marketing people just want to get the content on the page right and and <laughs> Uh, no, Jason, they were not using Cold Fusion. The, their, their dev staff actually, um, their dev staff actually created spiteful. this thing. He's spiteful today, isn't he? Old Uncle Jason, he's a bit spiteful. In, it, in isn't certain it? ways, it was very clever because you know they wanted to, in order to mimic the permalink structure from the old WordPress blog, every one of these. Every one of these HTML files is an index.html name, okay, in a set of folders. So it would be like, you know, the blog folder, and in the blog folder would be the 2016 folder, and in there there would be the 08 folder, and then there would be the folder for the day, and then there would be the folder with the, with the post the slug, really, and then there would be the index.html file. You can imagine how much fun I've had importing this into a new WordPress build. Well, I hope you charge you, then. By the hour. Same. By the hour. I built 11 and a half hours yesterday. Oh, great. Oh, there dang. Oh, Jason Tucker says, bring on the recursion. <laughs> yes. I, I, I mean, you know, it, it, it was... It, it, it was cleverly engineered in, in a lot of ways, uh, and it's quite efficient for them to, to reproduce the, the whole site. But um, uh, there's a, oh, oh, and it's published like, you know, you can't get FTP access to this thing because it's like published on Amazon S3 with everything else handled by Cloudflare. It, 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 it's, it's a, fast, a fascinating piece of engineering, not designed to, to, to actually make publishing accessible, and that's part of why we're switching to WordPress. And, you know, Kim is right. We want to, to, as best as possible, those of us who are on the technical end, try to set things up so that it is easier for the non-technical people to use. And WordPress has a long way to go for that because, you know, it isn't just a matter of you want to have a space there that you can type in. You know, people, people expect everything to work like Microsoft Word. They complain about, and, and apparently not just with, with, with WordPress, but they, they complain about, why can't I just drag the image anywhere and have it stay there? Well, nothing stays anywhere on the web, first of all, because your screen changes shape and everything needs to, to sure reflow. Are you sure about that, Sam? <laughs> but, 
I didn't know that, Sally. Thanks for telling us. Thanks for telling us. I'll respond to it a bit. Um, Mr. Tucker's said, oh, I didn't yes. even know that, Jay- Jason. I heard that. There we go. Um, yes, yes. That's ju- what you're saying is true. A lot of, and yes, I've had my own challenges with this. A lot of people feel like, hey, here's like a snapshot of exactly how I want it to look in every scenario. And it's like, that's, you've got such a myriad of screens. That's not possible. So anyway, sorry. Like Pring. Ah, oh, print. Okay. Yes, absolutely. And, and it's, you know, a lot of this is about expectations and, and, you know, one of the problems with a lot of these, the way these page building tools are marketed and the way tools like Squarespace and, and, uh, and Wix are marketed is, you know, you can do all this stuff without knowing code as if it meant without knowing anything, without having any understanding of design, without having any, any time to, to like learn how the tool works without, and it isn't like that. Um, you know, it, it's one of my other former students uh, who has a, a WordPress site and a, a couple of Wix sites does talk to me a lot about um, how uh, Wix is, is easier um, and I'm guessing in a lot of ways, you know, I haven't used it much, that there are some things that are, are much easier to do, uh, and other things that are totally impossible to do. Uh, but, you know, I talked recently to a colleague who builds a lot of, does a lot of Squarespace work with people, and he says, yeah, you know, it's, it's a beautiful interface, but people who've never used it still have challenges with it. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. There was actually a survey, I forgot, um, I think it was on the Tavern, and it was linked to a website where they interviewed, I think it was, um, I forgot who it was, but they interviewed 20 people that were using various, and Wix and the others, and comparing it to WordPress, and actually WordPress as an interface was one of the easier ones to use. These other interfaces... It got it. It got better ratings. Yes, that surprised me. This is the article you didn't want to talk about last week, John. Yeah, it was WP Site Care. Um, well, you still so, did. Yeah. Did you? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's where it was. There, uh, but yeah, I think the fact that they did some actual user testing was really fascinating. Now, that's a pretty small sample, yeah. and I don't know exactly where they selected it or how or or any of those things. But it was a clear demonstration that even these. You know, even these other tools are challenging to to many people, although they seem easy when you look at the demo. Uh, And we know that there are some things about them that are more familiar to beginning users than than they are in WordPress, which has a lot of things that confuse us. And, and, you know, uh, Morton was saying last week, we really need to to step up our new user onboarding process and and helping people to uh, to figure out how to how to do things. Yep. Well, anyway, I, this has been a just fascinating discussion about page builders. And anyway, we're going to wrap up the podcast portion of this, and we're going to roll into the second hour on uh, Fire Talking Later. This is going to be on YouTube. Uh, so anyway, Sally, how do people get a hold of you? Sure. If you can fi- if you can spell my name, you can find me. There's only one of me on Google. Uh, but otherwise, look for me at WPFangirl.com. Bridget, how do people get a hold of you? They can find me at BridgetWiller.com. Jonathan. Oh, well, I'm, I'm on Twitter, Jonathan, at Jonathan Denwood. That's my handle. And I'm all over the website, the WP Tonic. 
and um, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I give um, that really, s- and give us a, say some kind words about us. Give us a review. It all helps, folks. So um, that's how you can find me and us. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, review us on iTunes. It helps us. And subscribe on YouTube so we can get a custom URL. And you can find me, John Locke. I'm on my own website is LockdownDesign.com. And you can find me on Twitter, Lockdown underscore. Episode 115, first half, is saying sayonara. Bye. Bye.